This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Power Breakfast, 6 to 9 a.m. There's Fish with a back header. Off the post. Tinkler came off the it's They've done it. Williams got in there. The pressure paid off. Dr. Victor Ramatisele. Good morning, Rio. You must have, you must be remembering this moment that Peter Mashawani just played. We say radio is theater of the mind, but you surely should be remembering this moment. Without a doubt, um, without a doubt, that was the uh, was it the third of February, um, uh, Cup of Nations, nineteen ninety six final between South Africa and Tunisia. That's my man, and this thing followed by something that became so iconic. Clive Barker with the fly, you know, the, the the aeroplane signature celebration. I don't know how you felt when you received the news on Saturday that is normal. Uh, I don't say, I wouldn't say it was, I was totally surprised by it um, because I've been, you know, truly worried about the condition of Clive Barker um, since the last time I met him. And that was the launch of his book, and you know I watched his health deteriorate slowly. And then, of course, at the beginning of this year, he suffered a major uh, aneurysm problem for which he had to undergo emergency major surgery. Yeah, and it's never been the same really since that time. So it's, his health has always been a concern. In fact, I was um, commenting to a, a group of the 1996 that I met. Um, uh, recently, and I said, guys, we need to do something for life. Uh, we need to go visit him as a group and all of that because I was really worried about his condition. And Dr. Vig, I was, I was really grateful that he, he granted me the interview um, last year on the 15th of September, you know, just mm-hmm. just reflecting on his career. But I could tell that he, you know, even the, the speech, you know, he was not like the lively Clive Barker that, that I know. But he was so gracious, you know, to give me a full hour of interview reflecting on his legacy. And coming back to 1996, I remember having a brief interview with you in 1996 because I was doing a documentary program, if you remember, called um, Soccer Legends Never Die. And the key focus of that documentary program was about the South African style of football. The the skill, the flair, you know, the dribbling ability. And I pose to you uh, questions about players like Masterpieces, Muripetinich, and so on and so forth. And this is one thing that Clive Barker was a proponent of, something that you can call, uh, well, we, we used to call it the South African style of football. Having worked with him, did you see that happening in terms of encouraging players to express themselves in the field of play? You know, Clive Banker was a product of three important things. The first was his background uh, as a person, as an individual, and as a football coach and manager. The second was his personality. 
and the third was his football philosophy. And quickly, I'll say his, his background of having worked uh, as an individual in various areas in this country across the racial lines. Um, first, you know, and uh, as, a, as, a, as a manager, and then also as a, as a salesperson for a big um, sporting brand, allowed him to work in many parts of the country. And remember also that as a manager, he had coached Devon City, Devon United, Manning Rangers. The Zulu Royals later came when they were named Amazon, they came to coach them. He coached the most successful, uh, uh, in my view, Devon Club, Devon Bushbucks of the 1995s, of Dan Ramoruzzi and Ian Chester and Dennis Wicks, that, that particular team. Calvin Peterson, and Bennett Gondoy. Calvin Peterson, yeah. Mike Mangana, yeah, yes. all of those guys. What a team. Mm. What a team. What a team. And then, and, and then, and then he, had, he had been to the townships, you know, to coach in the townships. He relates a story of how he, he took Amazon at one point. They went to play in Kimberley and he got the players into the hotel and the justice was asking for his room. They told him, no, you can't sleep in this room. You're white, you know? And, and in his also, he's also experienced the other side of it where he, he would go to a place and then he books a hotel room and then when he tries to book his team, they said, no, you can't book some of the members of your team because they're black and all of that. So, so he had, had gotten a firm understanding of all of those issues and personal experience, and he had been comfortable in all of those backgrounds. And therefore, as he, he was handling players, he understood the South African white player from their background and how they think and how they play football, the African player, the Indian player, the colored player. So, so he had that understanding that many coaches had never been exposed to. His personality, I mean, Clive was a father figure. He believed in the philosophy that your coaches, your players, First, are your sons, and they are your friends. So they could confide in him. He could have a drink with them. He could play pool with them. He could go and watch a cricket match with his football players just to take their mind off the game. That, that was the kind of manager and the kind of personality that he is. When it comes to football, his philosophy was that you play to your strength. Now, this, this one brings me to the point that they've just made, that you got South African players who are very small in stature, and that smallness comes with a whole host of advantages, physiological, technical, and tactical. And the big players and the big white players who are well coached at a very, very young age, who have the basics of the game at hand, how to trap the ball, how to kick the ball, they don't have the skill. Some of them are quite big boys, but how to blend all of that into a typical South African winning team was just amazing. And of course, he would have his relationship with players and how he coached. I always relate the story, but on the day of of, the, of selecting the team, I mean, I would sit there with the field sitting and, and, the, and the physiotherapist and everybody else and would sit and said, okay, guys, the team selects itself. You've seen how they've been training uh, all week. And uh, and he's not worried about the opponent at that time. Like this says, this is the team that you're going to field. And when he announces the team, he will say to the goalkeeper, Andre Adams, that these are the things that you need to do. It go to Caesar, go to whoever. When it comes to the midfield, he said, the doctor and shoes, I'll come to you last. And he will give everybody else instructions. Now, once you say to doctor and shoes, I'm going to give you instructions last, you already signal them out that they are your special players. They have to play in a special way. You are giving them freedom to express themselves. You're still giving them a little bit of discipline. You know, you know, Dr. Kumar played his most expressive matches under Clive Parker. Yeah. And yet he was 
he was winning quite a lot of the ball. If you remember the ball that Phil Masika scored, scored against Congo. Against, yeah. against Congo. I mean, yeah. it was a press. It was an interception from Dr. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so that kind of play, that kind of expression, that kind of freedom, that kind of discipline, that kind of players understanding each other, but also that kind of attitude that we are going to play for this coach because he sticks his neck for us. And on many issues, on payment disputes and everything else, Clive Banker will stick his neck for his players. There was a time when we were playing England in um, Old Trafford, and I won't go into details, but there was there was there was a, a pay or payment dispute that arose, and and there was a possibility that the team could could leave camp and another team would have to come in to play in their place. I mean, if the the impasse was not resolved. And I remember uh, somebody asking him in front of the players and said, if, if, we, if these guys were to leave, and no, no, it was not in front of the players, it was actually in a, in a private meeting, that if the players were to leave and we bring another set of players, would you coach them for the match? And he said, no, I'll never do that. He said, if these players have to leave, whether they are wrong or they are right, I will live with them. Because if I don't stick with these players in everything that they do, they will never, ever play for me. Wow, indeed. 16th September last year, in my conversation with Clive Barker, I asked him about that unfortunate episode um, after the Confederations Cup, which was not necessarily even a bad performance. The FIFA Confederations Cup before the 1998 World Cup, after we've qualified for the World Cup, and the quality of football we used to play at that time. And asked him about, you know, after being fired by Safa, um, after that, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the FIFA Confederations Cup. He seemed to have made peace with that, uh, Dr. Vic. But one thing I want to talk about, it's because the, the South African style of play, it was coming out so strongly. And we have seen a lot of players even being poached by European teams, uh, USA and so on and so forth at that time. And which was not for the first time, by the way. The likes of Jomo, Ace, uh, Computer, uh, you know, Kaiser Mutawu, Malumbole Chaba, Masterpieces, you know, they've all gone abroad because mm. of this quality of the style of play that we have. But now, having built a team in that mold and he was fired and we brought in Philippe Trouzier to take the country to France 1998. I'm just wondering whether that nucleus, that DNA was tempered with or was it enhanced because Bafana Bafana was at a different level under Clive Barker. What happened to that DNA from, because you were still there when we went to France in 1998? Maria, the results are there for everybody to see. It, it's as simple as all that. Um, you know, you, you are saying Clive Barker had made peace. When I spoke to Clive Barker last, he mentioned to me that he has two major regrets in his life in football. Number one is that he substituted Dr. Kumado when he shouldn't have in our match when we had Brazil by the scruff of the neck and we're leading 2-0. Substituted Dr. Kumado and the rest is history. Said he yeah, lost we lost that game 3-2. Wow. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the second regret was that he didn't stand by his players at the face of uh, being pushed to resign before the 1998 World Cup. He feels that after the players had worked so hard to qualify for that World Cup, he let them down, you know, by not uh, creating an environment and 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 making it difficult for for him not to lead that team to the World Cup in 1998. Mm-hmm. 
But to answer your question, you know, the, your question is answered by uh, when we arrived in Kumasi in the year 2000 to compete in the AFCON of that particular year. Under Trot Moloto at the time. Under Trot Moloto. Yeah. And uh, Brastan's Pumo, the late. When we arrived in Kumasi, we were met by two interesting groups, groups of youngsters. One of them called themselves the, the Magfish Group. It was a group of Canadian players who all wore Magfish's number. I think it was number five. Uh, they all wore the final shirt. They were, they, were, they were the Magfish fan club. Those boys were besotted with Magfish and the manner in which he played football, and they were just his big fans. Yeah. The other was the number eight group, Linda Butelis group. Uh, and they uh, said, never seen anything like the Mercedes of South African football in their lives. Now, I'm saying to you, now, these are South African players that had endeared themselves to the masses on the continent because of the manner in which they played the game and the manner in which they expressed themselves. So mm-hmm. it does, the South African style of play does exist. Okay. You just have to get the right mixture, the right player and the right attitude. Dr. Vic, I got to thank you. We still have so much to talk about. Dr. Victor, I'm there. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.